you can host the best backyard barbecue. When you find a professional on Angie to make your backyard the best around. Connect with skilled professionals to get all your home projects done well. Inside to outside, repairs to renovations. Get started on the Angie app or visit Angie.com today. You can do this when you Angie that. Getting the smile and confidence you've been dreaming about all from the comfort of your home isn't a total mystery with Bite Clear Aligners. Just don't be surprised if all your friends start asking, what's your secret? Begin by ordering your at-home impression kit today for only $14.95. Bite Clear Aligners are doctor-directed and delivered to your door. Treatment costs thousands less than braces, plus they offer flexible financing, accept eligible insurance, and you can pay with your HSA FSA. Get 80% off your impression kit when you use code WONDERY at Byte.com. That's B-Y-T-E dot Start your confidence journey today with Byte. Hello, everyone, and welcome to Here for the Right Reasons, as Weekly's Bachelor podcast. I am your host, Sarah Aaron. And this week, I sat down with Chelsea Vaughn, who was on Matt James' season of The Bachelor and on season seven of Bachelor in Paradise. And we got into her time on the show, what she's been up to now, all about dating, and a couple other just, you know, fun little tangents. I think it was just a fun girl chat. And then there is, you know, a good amount of stuff about her, how she feels about the show and being a black contestant on the show and everything that kind of went down with Matt's season. So I hope you enjoy my chat with Chelsea Vaughn. Okay, Chelsea here with me, who you guys may remember from Matt James' season of The Bachelor, season seven of Bachelor in Paradise. She's a model. She's out in the streets of New York. And she has a new podcast with an incredible name, Vulnerable, because <laughs> she's Chelsea Vaughn, obviously. Hi, Chelsea. How are you? Hi, Sarah. I'm good. How are you? I'm great. I'm so excited to talk to you. Um, first, can I just, can we talk about the name of the podcast? Like, yes. who came up with it? Tell me everything. Okay. So actually I was struggling for the longest time trying to come up with a name. Cause I feel like that's a really hard part when you're starting a new project and I wanted it to be something good and something like really unique to me because there's so many podcasts out there. Yeah. And I was like, every time I thought I came up with like a cool new idea, I looked it up and it was like already done. Um, so I put it on my story for my followers and I was like, if I had a podcast, what would you call it? And one person said vulnerable. And I was like, that is the best thing I've ever heard in my life. So one of my followers came up with it. <laughs> Isn't it amazing how social media can, it can be crazy and bad, but sometimes it's just, it's good when it's good, you know, like that's yeah. a great example of a, like a nice use of Instagram. <laughs> for sure. And like, I feel like they know me pretty well too. So I was like, wait, that's perfect for me. It's my name. Like it's a pun. Like I wanted. So yeah. Shout out to her. <laughs> yes. Yeah, amazing um I listened to one of your episodes and I love that you started out with like a pop culture moment and kind of giving your take what is something you're obsessed with right now like what's your if you were went to go record an episode right now what do you think your pop culture topic would be well I was recording one yesterday actually with a model friend and we were talking about the Balenciaga saga. Ooh. Have you heard about this? Have I heard about it? I have. It doesn't even make any sense to me that this is something that would a brand would ever allow to happen. But my God. It's literally crazy. Um, but yeah, we talked about Balenciaga. But something I'm obsessed with right now is rom-coms, like Christmas rom-coms. Okay, so what, are you, been, what are you watching? Yeah, I've been going through like the Hulus, the Netflix. 
and watching all of the like new ones that came out in 2022. So I watched one called The Noel Diary. Okay. And then I watched the new one with Lindsay Lohan because we haven't gotten to see her act in so long. So that was like a treat. It was very cheesy. But... Yeah, what do you think? I watched the Lindsay Lohan one. I didn't really feel the chemistry between her and Cordover Street, which was my main issue. <laughs> That okay, that is my issue too with these movies because I'm like, I want to root for the characters to fall in love. That's what we're all doing here. Right. And I'm with you on that. I think I just was excited to see Lindsay Lohan on my screen again. But other than that, the movie was kind of like Yeah, like it was watchable. It had great Christmas vibes. Like she was it was fun to see her. They sang Jingle Bell Rock, but like I I, you got it. The chemistry is what these movies, since there's no real the plot, we know. So the chemistry (laughs) is what where these movies like live or die. And that one what didn't for me, didn't do it for me totally i'm with you on that and like everyone was damning me like oh it was so good and i'm like okay are you guys okay that said that <laughs> oh my god it's not, it was uh, not good. <laughs> that's so good um what are some topics that you are planning to cover on your show and some guests you're gonna have i know you did your first episode with abigail who obviously yes. bachelor fans know your girl um you mentioned you had a model friend on like tell me a little bit about the show and what you want to do with it yeah for sure um I think, I guess let's start with the reason I wanted to do a podcast in the first place, Mm -hmm. which was just that, and I kind of said this on the Abigail episode, but I've been in like a lot of different areas of the fashion industry and as a model and then reality TV. And it's always been areas where I've never really been able to have a voice and like speak my mind and my opinion. And so I really just feel like I was craving this like creative outlet that could kind of just be my own little baby. And like, I've been doing everything myself. Um, so it's just really cool to have a project that's like kind of like a passion project for me, but also can help me connect more on a deeper level with people that already know me and follow me. Um, so that's why I thought the vulnerable title was so perfect. So I was like, okay, we can make a safe space for me to be vulnerable for my guests to be vulnerable. Um, and I kind of just modeled it after like all of my favorite podcasts. Like I like to listen to like girls gotta eat and we met at Acme and like Mm -hmm. another one called relationship and, So I wanted it to be like fun and funny and lighthearted, which is why I do like the pop culture. And then at the end, I do my advice segment where I tell it like it is. (laughs) And (laughs) and then just topics that, you know, normal 20 something, 30 somethings would talk about. Um, But just getting like deep on them. Like, obviously, I've talked about The Bachelor a lot. And so is Abigail. But it was kind of just a different take on like what it's really like to be on a show like this. And then like the effects that it has on you afterwards. Um, and I just like, I really pride myself on trying to be as transparent and authentic and real with people as possible. Um, so that's what I want every episode of the podcast to be like too. So the first one was with Abby, obviously. And the second one was with my friend Cache. She was on Love Island. Mm. So we just talked about like ghosting and like the orgasm gap between men and women. (laughs) And it was fun. It was more of just like a kind of like, you know, talking with your best friend on the couch kind of vibe Mm -hmm. where I feel like me and Abby's was more like almost more serious and like interview vibes. Um, My third episode was with my friend Kayla. She was also on my season, Mm -hmm. uh, Matt's season. And we talked about gender roles and finances in a relationship when you're dating. So just topics that I personally find interesting. Um, I just froze my eggs recently. And so my next episode is going to be, yeah, with my doctor who did my egg retrieval. And so many people were interested, like so many people that are same age as me were interested in like, oh my God, like what's the egg freezing process like? How much does it cost? All these questions. And obviously I can answer things about my own experience, but the actual scientific things, I'm like, okay, let me bring on a doctor. (laughs) Fair. Um, 
so yeah, so like kind of just fun topics like dating and, you know, friend stuff, but also like more serious topics. Like I think it's important to empower women any way I can. And that's why I kind of wanted to like share about my egg freezing and kind of make it more less of a taboo topic, I guess. Yeah, for sure. How did you come to the decision that it was the time for you to freeze your eggs? I had never really considered it seriously. Like I've heard people talk about, okay, like it's an option, mm-hmm. but I guess I always just thought like, maybe it's not for me. Cause I'm, I don't know. I think everyone thinks like, oh, that's not going to be me with fertility issues. Right. And which is another reason why I wanted to talk about it too, because at the time I started looking into it, I was 29 and I actually saw a few other bachelor girls working with the same doctor. Mm-hmm. And so then my friends were posting about it. And then I was like, okay, well, they're the same age as me. Like maybe I could like connect with the doctor and do it too. And so it kind of was just like an opportunity that presented itself to me. Um, but I do think it was an amazing experience and I'm really glad that I did it, which is why I want to share with everyone. But it kind of just takes off like a little bit of that pressure of being a woman and having your whole, oh my God, biological clock's ticking. Like I just yeah. turned 30. I don't know when I'm having kids. Like I'm focused on my career. So, um, yeah, it just felt really good to kind of take that power back and kind yeah. of be like, okay, I have a little bit more control over my fertility now. Yeah, um, that's awesome. Yeah. For you dating pre-bachelor or post-bachelor, what has been harder? Has it been different? Did you feel any difference of like either where you were at just because maybe someone might know you from the show or how you felt about approaching it, or even just cause you're, you know, you've learned a lot during that experience and like you kind of like an elevated dating experience. Like, did it change anything about your outlook or how you approached dating? Yeah, I would say both. I think it changed a lot of things. I do think dating in New York is hard in general. So it was definitely mm-hmm. wasn't super easy before I went on the show um and then after the show I definitely do think it kind of added extra layers of difficulty Mm -hmm. just because people did recognize me and you know I it kind of made me feel like well do they just want to go out so they can tell their friends like oh I went out with the girl from the bachelor or do they actually like me um and then I did learn a lot when I was filming the show about myself about like things I need to work on and I don't know, just digging more into my emotions because that's not my favorite thing to do. And I have, mm-hmm. <laughs> I was forced to do that a lot on the show. Yeah. Um, so I do think it kind of adds a level of seriousness to it. Like we were so trained, I think, to talk about our feelings so much and be very serious about the process and everything on the show. So when you come out of it, you're in this mode where you're just like, okay, I'm thinking about it very seriously, blah, blah, blah. And what I did, because that really wasn't working for me, um, (laughs) was kind of just like take a step back and be like, it doesn't have to be that serious. Like I could also just have fun with dating. So that's kind of where I'm at right now, where I'm just like trying to enjoy the process more, take it a little bit more lightheartedly and kind of just trust the universe and hope my person's going to show up when, whenever he shows up. (laughs) I know that's the dream, right? That's what happens in the movies we were talking about. Please send my, my meat cute. (laughs) Do you have any, like, definitely need this in a partner and any like red flags? Absolutely not. Or are you like trying to just not have either of those? I think I kind of had to challenge myself to try to let some of that go because Mm -hmm. I was more on the picky side for sure. (laughs) Um, Which is fine. Like I'm fine being picky and having standards. Cool. Um, (laughs) But 
I could be a little in the past, maybe judgier than I should have been. <laughs> I think we all um, have done that. <laughs> I mean, yeah. Like you got to give somebody a chance, Chelsea. Like yeah. if you ever want to have a boyfriend. <laughs> um, so I definitely have, I, I think as I've dated more, and as I've gotten older, it's kind of like you really hone in on those like, okay, definitely no's and definitely yeses. So a huge yes for me, green flag is can you communicate? <laughs> and like, it sounds so simple, right? <laughs> um, but like, it's just, I don't know. I think communication is probably the biggest thing for me in a relationship just because everyone has such different communication styles and people are just like immature. And then it's like based in how we grew up communicating. So it's like mm-hmm. a whole thing. So if you can communicate well and, and we don't have to like play games or do anything, like I just feel like I'm too old for that mm-hmm. at this point. Um, <laughs> then huge turn on, like, communicating is hot um and then a red flag hmm I feel like there's a lot of them (laughs) (laughs) dating in New York as you mentioned (laughs) yeah tough um I guess I think what I've learned is you shouldn't really judge based off of your feelings on a first date because in the beginning everyone's on their best behavior Mm. including me Right. So like we're all putting on our best face. We're all trying to like, you know, be the best version of ourselves. So it's like, you really have to take a step back and be like, wow, that was an amazing first date, but I really don't know this person at all. So like, <laughs> like the opposite of date. what they tell you to do on The Bachelor. Like yes. lean into those feelings and how magical it is after five minutes. <laughs> yes, it's almost now like the magical feelings are tricking you. Mm-hmm. <laughs> you can't trust them. Like you no. really can't trust them. And they feel really good at first. And then if you start dating someone, you're like, well, I don't have that spark. I didn't have butterflies. And you're like, well, I should, because I'm told I should. That's right. It's the opposite. It's the opposite. It's like, okay, yeah, you got to actually look for, write down what you really want and then don't budge from the list. Like you have to actually have your boundaries and be like, okay, I said, I didn't want that. I can't go out with him again. If I said, I don't want that. And he has that. (laughs) Yeah. As long as the list is like reasonable and it's not too picky and it's like, you know, yeah, that's the fine line, but I agree with you. A decent list, like can communicate, not like, Like, right. Like can communicate, like maybe has a job, like, right. (laughs) You know, um, I listened to your episode with Abigail, like I mentioned, and I thought it was really interesting to hear you guys talk about like influencer life and post-bachelor life and the following that you're kind of given because of this show. And I think Matt's season was maybe one of the last where you guys got like pretty significant amounts. Like it's kind of gone down a little bit, which is interesting. If you don't go on like a spinoff show or do anything, I feel like Peter and Matt's, those girls, you guys got decent like followings out of the show. Um, And I thought it was interesting. Two parts were interesting. The thing about kind of being expected to talk about topics I found interesting. So I just wanted to ask you about that. Like in your everyday navigating, like even something like with Balenciaga, cause you're a model. So you're in fashion, like, and you want to talk about it on your podcast. That's great. But like, where is that line of obligation? And like, when do you listen to kind of like the mob of people? And when are you like, oh my God, like this has nothing to do with me. I was on this show once. It doesn't mean I need to like give a feedback of every bachelor contestant who's done something stupid. Cause guys, yeah. by the way, there's a lot and there's going to be more. <laughs> For sure. It is like kind of you're being expected to be an authority on all things. Mm-hmm. And I love one thing that Abby said on there when she was like, people aren't realizing that big celebrities have entire teams of people doing yeah. this for them. True. And we were just like thrown into this expecting to all of a sudden be PR gurus now. Like, I don't know what I'm doing. Yeah. I'm just a regular girl with an Instagram. Right. Um, so yeah, it is, I don't know. I think I still struggle with the the line thing because I do want to talk about things. And I think what I'm trying to do now is 
kind of release myself from that pressure of worrying about what everyone else thinks because I do that too much. And it's honestly like exhausting and I can't, I can't keep like, keep it up. Um, so with the podcast, that's what I've made this space for myself to be like, I guess, to allow myself to kind of speak freely and not, not worry about judgment as much. Yeah. Obviously I'm not saying anything crazy. Um, but I think I'd rather do that with people that it's like going to be more of a close knit audience. I think on the podcast listening, than not like on my Instagram story. Yeah. Yeah. Hopefully the people kind of trust me a little bit and would give me the benefit of the doubt rather than attacking me immediately. If I said something wrong. Yeah. Um, but I think, I think if it was just like a ton of people, like if a ton of people were saying the same thing, like, Hey girl, you messed this up. Then that's when I might be like, okay, maybe I need to relook into that. Fair. Totally fair. Um, yeah. <laughs> um, another thing that comes with that is like the opportunity to be an influencer and make money off social media, which is amazing. And I totally get why everyone from the franchise does it and other shows for you, just like generally without like naming names or brands or anything, what was that like to try to navigate what to say yes to, what to say no to, what, like, how did you go about that? Like, cause I, f- I think that's so interesting. And I don't know if people, I don't know if you guys talk about it amongst yourselves. Like, did anyone else get this email? Oh my God, this is a great deal. Or like, I'm scared of this brand, but like, I would have no idea. And I feel like I just want to like make all the money, but then like you get the backlash for picking the bad brand. <laughs> yeah, that's so true. We actually, I mean, we do talk about it. Like I'll talk about it with my friends if I know they've worked with a brand or right. if, Honestly, I got really lucky with my manager. So when I first came off the show, I tr- I, I'd only done modeling. Like I didn't know anything about influencing brand partnerships, all of this. And so without her, I really would have had no idea. <laughs> so she kind of like found me and helped me out because she had experience with brand partnerships, but also with bachelor people too mm. that she used to work with. Um, and I think people don't really talk about this. And I really want to do an episode on this too, about influencing in general. But there is like a weird moral line Mm -hmm. when it comes to partnerships because it's like, okay, you could be that person that comes off the show and your engagement is crazy high because you just got off and you can say yes to absolutely everything and make a ton of money. Um, But from the beginning, and this is why I like my manager so much, she was like, I really want to grow and build a career with you. Like, I don't want you to just burn bright and fast and like say yes to everything and then have nothing in the future. Um, so I was always very strategic in the beginning about the brand and not just choosing anything and everything because of a paycheck. Right. Um, and then also like, I'll never say yes to anything that I don't like a product I don't actually like, or haven't tried or whatever. Like there was one big brand, I won't say who, but (laughs) they reached out to me and my manager kind of like chimed in and texted me on the side and was like, Hey, they were in this huge scandal. Like they're known for ripping people off. Like it's not a good look. Like you don't want to work with them. And so like, luckily I've had her in my corner, but yeah, there's definitely been, I don't know. I don't know if there's been like too many missteps, but I am careful about that because I I don't want to ever be, I guess, inauthentic to the people that follow me. If I'm supposed to be like a trusted person to them, like they trust me to sell them things. Yeah. I don't want to just like hawk every little thing. (laughs) And the balance of, I always find it fascinating because people who, people who like social media, I don't think struggle with this because they post naturally anyway, but people who don't, but like, don't want to miss out on the opportunities when it's like almost every post is an ad. It's like, oh boy, like we got it. We got it. That's when I feel like you see, it's like, we got to get like, you might want to not take that selfie or not think your dress is that cute, but throw it in there anyway, because the organicness (laughs) makes like people will fall for that or we will see like, add, 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 add. Like, I think it's fascinating. Totally true. Totally true. And I never want to be 
like annoying. Like I don't want yeah. people to get on my page and be like, oh my God, all she posts is ads, like unfollow. Like I never yeah. want to be that person. Um, so that's why another reason why I like try to be picky about the ads too. Cause it's like, I, this isn't, I know you didn't follow me to, to be an ad page. Um, so I try to like do them few and far in between, but also, you know, pay my rent. <laughs> yeah. It's like, I don't want to end up on one of those like documentaries they make about like the Ponzi scheme or pyramid scheme, um, companies. But I also like, I went on this show and everyone got to judge me for this amount of weeks. So, like I should get something out of it as well. So I, I power it to you guys. Like, I think it's great. Yeah, um, I mean, I never planned, like, I really truly never planned on being in this field. Like I never in my mind was like, I really want to be an influencer. Yeah. And I feel like people always ask that with the show. Like, did you go on hoping that you would? Obviously I went on thinking there's a chance that, you know, I might get a following mm-hmm. that would be cool. But I never was like, I really want, like, I always was so focused on modeling that yeah. I wasn't like thinking about the influencing part. Don't quit your day job until you can. Um, I feel like is the advice that all of these, these people need to know. Um, I did want to ask you a few bachelor questions for you looking back on Matt's season. Does it feel like a long time ago? Does it feel like it was yesterday? Like where, where does it feel for you? It actually does. It feels like it was a really long time ago. Um, and I think it's, I mean, probably for me because it was filmed over two years ago at this point. Right. And then it didn't air until I got technically it aired last year. Right. 2021. But you guys <laughs> filmed crazy. it in the fall of 2020 at Namakolan, which Correct. I got to go to for the finale. And I was like, this place is freaking sick. Oh, so yeah, I enjoyed it. It was <laughs> stunning. Yeah. I actually like in the beginning, I was kind of sad because I was like, oh, I'm never going to be like at the Bachelor Mansion. Right. Like, that's iconic. Or get and to then travel. I got to Namakolan. Right. And I got yeah. to Namakolan. I was like, wait, this is so much better. Yeah. It's pretty sick. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah. It, it, yeah, but to answer your question, totally. It feels like a lifetime ago, to be honest, at this point. Yeah, fair. Um, <laughs> I like to ask people this when they come from a season that has a couple that's still together. Because sometimes you hear people are like, oh, I knew right away. Other people were like, I was so focused on myself. Like, I thought it was going to be me. Or just like, I almost thought <laughs> about hanging out with the girls. Like, didn't matter. For you, did you know it was going to be Rachel for Matt? And when did you find out, figure that out, if you did know? Mm. There was a moment, <laughs> there was a moment on the very first group date mm-hmm. where it kind of hit, like I saw them interact and in my mind, I was like, oh, he really likes her. Mm-hmm. So that was the first date. Like that was the very first group date. And I was like, cause I don't, I personally really don't think that guys are very good at hiding how they feel no. about women. <laughs> they aren't. And bachelors definitely aren't. It's usually pretty obvious. That's why the right? editing comes in. <laughs> and so I was like, okay, like, I didn't think like, oh, he doesn't like me, but I was just like, you could tell he really was drawn to Rachel. Um, so towards the end, it got a little like dicier. Cause then I was like, wow, it looks like, it seems like he really likes Brie. Like it seems mm-hmm. like he really likes Michelle, but yeah, in the, in the very beginning and Rachel at our very first um, Rose ceremony. Matt like came in and gave his whole like, "Hey, I'm the Bachelor" speech, mm-hmm. and he made us all like say a prayer. And Rachel actually like ended up crying at the end of this prayer. She's that. like, "Yeah, she's like this really touched me." And in my mind, like, first of all, I didn't know her at the time, right? <laughs> and I'm also not religious personally, yeah. So at first, I was like, "Wow, this girl's like being." <laughs> You're like, what is this? Yeah, I was like, I just thought it was like a lot. Like, I was just like, whoa. But now they're like, they are still together. Yeah. It's like, wow, that might have been the closest thing I've seen to love at first sight. It's true. There was clearly something between them. Um, But yeah, it is wild that they're still together because so many 
I guess bachelor and bachelorette couples that are not together, but for my season of paradise, everyone's together. Everyone's together from your season of paradise. This season of paradise is not quite so lucky, (laughs) Um, but I feel like I I might be spacing, but I think Matt and Rachel are the most recent bachelor bachelorette couple that are still together, which is also crazy just considering all this stuff they had to navigate outside of the show, let alone filming the show. So like power to them because my God, what a, you, if you had to guess, put all those couples lined up, I would not have picked them just because of, which obviously we don't ever really know what's going on or me or as a viewer, but like, I'm, I'm, that's crazy. I don't think, I, I don't think a lot of people would have picked them in the last, you know, six or seven, whatever couples. Yeah. I stopped watching after Michelle's season Okay. because I kind of, I was obviously very <laughs> deeply involved mm-hmm. and Michelle was on my season. So I was like, okay, let me support, you know, Michelle, she's a friend. And then after her season, that's when it was the first time where it was just fresh people. And I was like, I actually don't know a single person on this show. Yeah. And I was like, I think I'm just going to take a break from it. And then I decided, I, I think I got sucked in by the previews of Paradise. <laughs> they are really good. <laughs> They got me. No, I really was like, okay, I do know people on this season of Paradise. There were a couple girls from my season and then guys from Katie's season. Um, And so I I ended up watching this season of Paradise. So that was my first season back. I have a few questions about that, but I have a few more about about Matt. Um, One thing on kind of a serious note, he was very candid post-show and in his book that I read and talked to him about, about how he was like really unhappy with what aired and what didn't air and kind of Mm. the pressures of being the first Black Bachelor. And he he told me so many times, like I had all these conversations you're asking about, like I had them, they just didn't show them and what he wrote about in the book. For you as a Black woman, a person of color on that cast, you know, on the season with the first Black Bachelor, did you have conversations with Matt that you were shown? And did you understand his frustration um, that he kind of expressed afterwards? I don't really know exactly what he said. I really, mm-hmm. I didn't read his book, to be honest. Um, but we, I like him and I definitely had conversations mm-hmm. like about race, about him. The first thing I said to him when I went on the steps, like when I met him out of the limo was that... I know that everyone's excited that you're the first black bachelor, but I know that there's way more to you than just being that. And I can't wait to get to know you. Right. And then it didn't air. That line didn't air. <laughs> I mean, they, they that breaks this, what the show was billed as, which is not, right, I mean, but yeah. yeah. And the rest of the sentence aired. Like it was like, I'm so excited to get to know that part. Mm-hmm. But like my very first line to him was like, everyone knows you're the first black bachelor, but there's so much more to you than just being that. Yeah. And I remember I talked to Rachel about this because she was like, oh, I'm sure he like totally appreciated you saying that at the time because it was very heavily promoted as first black bachelor, first black bachelor. Yeah. Um, And nobody, especially a black person, wants to be known as just like, that's my one identifier, you know? Yeah. It's like, okay, I'm a full person. I don't want to just be known as, okay, black. (laughs) Right. Don't make it so obvious. Like, obviously the show made a choice because of maybe a reaction of what was happening in the country. Great choice, Matt. Great guy. You know, I think it, whatever. But you'd almost think they'd want to go the other way and just kind of have it be or try to be organic about it, talk (laughs) about it, but maybe don't like only talk about it. Right. Like you can mention it, but you don't have to shove it down our throats because we are all aware. (laughs) Right. Like we can see. And like, also like he's like in it, but also if he wants to talk about race, talk about on the show, which he did. And I think he was upset. I think there's probably so many layers and obviously it's what he said and anyone can go read his book if they want to know. But I just think it's interesting because it was such a high pressure situation. And I feel like they just, it was weird the way it played out in a, in so many levels. And just was wondering being yeah. a part of that for you. Like, was it, I don't know, just something like I that think, you felt was positive or like, honestly, there was more negative. 
I mean, I think it was positive overall. Like this was a hurdle they needed to cross at some yeah. point. It was a little overdue in my opinion. For sure. <laughs> 25 seasons later. Um, but I don't know. I think, I think that kind of goes back to probably the people that are in the room, like mm-hmm. the people that are at the top, the editors, the EPs, like they're the ones making the final cuts and the decisions. And I think if there were more black people in those rooms, some things might've been handled differently. Um, and I'm grateful that my conversation with him about my hair, like was aired yeah. because at the time when I was watching it back, I was like, I don't know if they'll even air that. Cause there wasn't too many conversations about it really. No. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. I listened to Rachel on Bree's podcast recently. Mm-hmm. And I don't know if you heard her or anything about that, but she kind of spoke about feeling like the show really wanted him to end up with a black woman. Cause that would be mm-hmm. like kind of, you know, the perfect ending to this whole thing and how much mm-hmm. pressure then like she knew he felt, but then Matt had to put his foot down and be like, well, I'm picking Rachel. So like figure it yeah. out. Like this. <laughs> Hi there. It's Julia Louis-Dreyfus. You may know me from my podcast called Wiser Than Me, where I talk to older women and get their wisdom from the front lines of life. I was amazed by how many people told me our show made them look forward to getting older, which is why I'm here to talk about season two of the show. Sally Field, Billie Jean King, Beverly Johnson, Ina Garten, Bonnie Ray, just to name a few. All hail old women. Wiser Than Me season two is out now from Lemonada Media. Delve into the shadows of the mind with Sleeping Dogs, a gripping murder mystery starring Academy Award winner Russell Crowe. Now available... On digital, Crow portrays an ex-homicide detective unraveling a brutal murder he can't recall. Uncovering secrets from his past, he learns a chilling truth. It's best to let sleeping dogs lie. Visit sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery to watch Sleeping Dogs, now on digital. That's sleepingdogsmovie.com slash Wondery what's happening and even right. like she jokes she was like i felt like they were taking down the set like the season was a fail and like no one even watched it yet let alone what all was to come like no one even right. knew oh um God. but like are you surprised by her feeling that way like did you feel like maybe they were kind of like trying to push that on him or anything like that or just like it was kind of in the back of their minds um i just thought that was interesting that she said that and that's I don't know. Yeah, I think I might have been like a little bit more oblivious to that just mm-hmm. because I am black. Yeah. <laughs> so it, like if I was white, I might have felt like, oh, they, it, it seems like they don't want me to end up with right. him. I don't know. But like I was the last. Well, yeah. I mean, not that I don't consider. I guess it's different. I think I was the last monoracial black girl that was there. Okay. Everyone else was mixed after me. Um, but I do think I, I don't I don't think Rachel's wrong in that. I do think in their ideal world, he would have picked a black woman in the end. Yeah. Like Brie or Michelle or whatever. Like, but I mean, I don't know. I wasn't obviously I wasn't there for those conversations. And I don't know what they said to Rachel to make her feel like that. Um, yeah. But but yeah, I know there was like some pushback and, and he's like, all right, well, yeah. <laughs> I fell in love with Rachel. So. Yeah. Sorry. <laughs> yeah. It's going to be what it's going to be. Good for him because yeah, that good for him. They're still together. Like we said. Yeah. You did opt to go on Paradise 7. Um, what made you decide to go on BIP and did you enjoy it? Like even just that, like a, this was fun, like hang out with my friends kind of way, even though you didn't find your person. <laughs> or did you not so much enjoy it because of the crap and the you know no no uh privacy and air conditioning <laughs> yeah um what made me decide to go I, I truly like me and a lot of other girls from my season and I said this to Abby on on, on my podcast was like we were not gonna go like yeah. we were all set on not going and I think it was just because of 
my season for Matt's season being so let's call it a whirlwind mm. um when it was airing all of it was just a lot and I was just like I don't know if I want to jump back into that right now especially as a black woman yeah. and everything that just went on with this show like I was like I don't know if they're I don't know I just feel like I how do I try to say this like I don't know if they were ready and equipped to tell the stories of people of color and I think that the casting team was on it and they did their part and they're like okay we're gonna cast the most diverse season ever and then the other teams maybe still have some catching up to do (laughs) um so I was yeah so I was kind of just like I don't know if I want to subject myself to that again um but then I ended up talking like to some producers and like I don't know I got convinced (laughs) (laughs) you got convinced and then yeah. And then all my, my friends, a lot of people do go. get convinced by the way, like it's not abnormal. Yeah. people who declare they'll never go or won't go back <laughs> a couple of years go by there. They are again. So yeah, very it's normal just... reaction. And then all my friends decided like they were going. So then I was like, okay, well now I'm going to be the only one that didn't go. Yeah. I don't want to have FOMO. So <laughs> ended up saying yes. And I didn't have a whole lot of fun. Um, I, <laughs> I feel like I've said this so many times, like anyone that's asked me, I'm like, no, I didn't have a blast. Yeah. But I I think it was just because of when I came in, I think I probably would have had a better experience had I come in the beginning. Yeah. But by the time I got there halfway through, it wasn't even so much like, oh, just hang out with your friends. But the pool, was just, everyone was just tired. Everyone yeah. was like, <laughs> everyone was over it. Yeah. And um, obviously the whole finding love aspect didn't happen. So yeah, that was just and like, it's, it's never fun to be the one single person when everyone else is booed up. Yeah. It's true. <laughs> so I couldn't really even just like hang with my girls by the pool. Cause they were all with the guys they were falling in love with. So right. seeing if they were going to yeah. be engaged and like, yeah, probably trying to, then you come in from like, still kind of in the, I know you like have to wait or whatever, but then you're in like the real world ish. And you're like, wait, you're trying to get engaged to this guy. Like I thought we were going to like hang out with Wells at the bar. <laughs> yeah, no. Interesting. I've never thought about it that way. Like when you come, I know coming in late is an unfair advantage for a lot of reasons. You do get to like make an entrance with a date card, but a lot of people are coupled up already, especially like towards the way end. It's almost like, why are we even doing this? Yeah. But I wonder if that's ever happened where you guys are all friends, you come in and you're like, wait, what? You want to get engaged to this guy? Like I'm here from like telling you I haven't been here the last two weeks. Like maybe don't. Like, I don't feel like we've ever seen that, but kind of like how the hometown dates on the other shows, like sometimes I feel like people snap out of it and they're like, oh wait, like mm. this isn't real. Like I oh, feel like, like when they're real friends. Yeah. Like when their up. parents are like, yeah. wait a minute, what? Like a lot of times you see them have a light bulb moment be like, okay, you're right. Like maybe this is crazy. Sometimes not. And I feel like <laughs> that's interesting on Paradise. I'm kind of surprised that more of like their friends from the franchise coming down never is like, oh my God, I'm having a meltdown. Or maybe they do when they just don't show it. But I feel like that would be my, like, if my best friend came down and was like, wait, the guy from what, blah, blah, blah season who got this, like, are you sure? (laughs) Like, I feel like I'd have spiral. (laughs) Yeah, I think most of my friends from my season, nobody, when I got there, nobody was like, oh, I'm definitely getting engaged. Mm -hmm. So it wasn't like me being like, are you sure? Like, (laughs) do you really want to do this? It's only been a couple of, like, no, none of my friends, like Abby, I knew she wasn't getting engaged. Serena at yeah. the time, I don't, she didn't really think she was going to. Um, and then who else? Oh, Mari. Yeah. Yeah. I don't know. I think when you see it in person, like Mari and Kenny just made sense to me. Like I was like, oh, they'll probably get married. <laughs> yeah. And they're still together. Serena and, and Joe are married. Yeah. Like yeah. crazy. I Literally married. And I think yeah. Thomas and Becca are oh, planning yeah. to get, I think all these people are getting married in 2023. 
So next gonna, year is going to gonna be fun. <laughs> a lot of bachelor weddings. Everyone get those Instagram stories going for <laughs> our sake. Um, love when that happens. <laughs> you watched this season. You mentioned you had a little moment with Aaron last season. He is in a little bit of hot water right now. What did you think watching him with Genevieve? And are you, <laughs> what do you think of her kind of implying maybe his intentions weren't so pure? I didn't even like, I really just watched the show this time. I wasn't yeah. like, deep in the obviously I knew spoilers because I knew it's I knew impossible to avoid yeah, I, I couldn't avoid it um even though I'm very much like a I don't do spoilers when I mm-hmm. used to watch the show um I don't it was interesting because at first I was like oh this is weird like I've never really seen anyone that I've kind of dated like date someone else yeah not that there were tons of feelings between me and Aaron <laughs> but like there yeah. were some and like in the beginning and stuff and then once him and Genevieve got really like serious I guess that was like, I couldn't relate anymore. Like Aaron and I were never like that. And he, I mean, he literally told her he loved her. Yeah. <laughs> um, I don't know. It was all kind of confusing to me because at first I was like, wow, Aaron really like, he's going for a girl. Yeah. yeah. Like he's different. Like, and then um, towards the end, the breakup, that's when I got lost. Cause I was like, huh? Like you just yeah. told her you loved her yesterday. And now you're like, this was fun friend. <laughs> yeah. Ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. I, I don't, I don't know um it was it was just very explosive the whole thing like yeah. Genevieve obviously has a lot of emotions and Aaron was the explosive one on my season but he kind yeah. of seemed to like calm her down so I was like maybe they're just a good fit but yeah. I don't know I guess if they obviously coming from someone who's been on the show I know everything's not seen and we don't know a lot so mm-hmm. I feel like if them two are good like they seem to hug it out at the reunion yeah then I don't know <laughs> more yeah. power Right. It's sort of for anyone listening a little bit imploded since then. Aaron allegedly had two girls at home. He hasn't responded to that. Genevieve was just on Ashley and Ben's podcast saying that. So long story short, they they do not belong together. Um, I think that was clear. (laughs) I think that was clear. And, you know, he has some answering to do if he chooses Um, up to him. But there are some allegations out there. So that's on him to decide to ignore or to address. Um, The split week aspect, you guys didn't have that. But watching that, do you think good or bad? It's funny because when I came in, that was around the split week time. So like for my season, when I came in, it was like, they called it this VIP party. Oh, so like me and four, three other girls came in at the same time. Like being tested on basically if you were going to get to stay or not similar kind of. Yes. Yeah. Similar to the split week, but split week was like taken to the extreme Yeah, with like them leaving the house and everything. Um, as a viewer, super entertaining to watch. Yeah. As someone who's been in that position, I would have freaked. Like I would have spiraled. Yeah. Um, yeah. I, I I totally understood all of their feelings and emotions at the time because it's already such a like tense environment, and you finally feel like you can chill, and you're like, okay, I found a guy. Like, and then they rip you out of the environment. Like I would have been heated, <laughs> especially not knowing because I think on other reality shows where they've done similar things, you go in knowing like that's gonna be the breaking point or like the making point. They oh, like. Right didn't know it's eight seasons of this show it's been pretty similar since the beginning and they're like that's why I feel like it was like are you kidding me like Jesse Palmer like not that it was even his idea yeah. but like he's the face of it so it's like the F you Jesse Palmer it's like we like are already doing what we're supposed to be doing in this crazy show and now you're gonna throw this twist like eight years in which again I I almost think it didn't cause as much chaos as it could have or sh- not should have because that's not the right word um but like that I was expecting but I feel like maybe they should have waited a little longer like mm. <laughs> maybe that's oh my god <laughs> Or the way they do it on Love Island is they make them like watch clips of it. Oh my God. That's so savage though. I yeah. love Love Island. Right. And like, you're, you're totally right. Part. though. 
because they know they about know. Casa more. Yeah. yeah. Everyone is prepared for it. Like when they start getting there for a long, like certain amount of time, they're like, okay, totally. Casa more is around the corner. Yeah. Fine. You're right. This was like, that's what it is though. It's the shock factor. Like it's yeah. always like, you think you know what you're signing up for and then boom, they yeah. surprise you. <laughs> Which I wonder if they're going to do it again. Cause that would take away the element of it, but it did kind of keep it a little interesting and move the stories along. So they got a whole other thing uh, to figure out, but who knows? I, I don't know. I, I, I mean, yeah, it was entertaining to watch. I can't lie. <laughs> yeah, I know. Overall, did you enjoy watching the season since you said you were a little bit removed and kind of were just trying to watch it as a fan? Like, did you enjoy it or was it like, oh my God, why is a show on twice a week? Because I had a little bit of both. <laughs> um, I think in the beginning, I just had a lot of anxiety just because like once you've been there and know how things are, like it was just stirring up emotions for me. So I was just yeah. like, maybe I shouldn't watch this. And then once I kind of like could look at everybody as, because I don't know anybody from... um gabby and rachel season clayton season none of them so once i could kind of step back and look at it more as like okay these are just like tv characters that i actually don't know that's when i actually enjoyed it more so yeah i did enjoy the season overall yeah fair um yeah but it's it is tough to watch people go through those feelings though because i know from a viewer standpoint it looks like why are they acting so crazy but like obviously Mm -hmm. i can see the other side of it where i'm like I understand you're at a breaking point. Yeah, it's true. (laughs) Yeah, I felt for I felt for some people. Do you watch other um reality shows? Like, did you enjoy reality TV pre Bachelor? And it did it change or ruin any other shows for you? (laughs) Yeah, I'm a huge reality TV person. I love Love Island. Love is blonde. I used to watch The Challenge. Used to watch Are You the One. I was like MTV reality. I a top model. It dates back to like 1998. My love for reality TV. Same girl. Like we grew up with it. Like it just it's part of our yeah childhood kind of. But um, Love Is Blind and Married at First Sight are the two that I'm like really into at the moment. Just because I mean, getting married at first sight is completely ridiculous. Yeah. (laughs) And then Love Is Blind, like also getting engaged to someone you've never. It's just it's they just keep getting crazier. Um. What and would it take he, to get you on one of those shows, Chelsea? <laughs> you, I would never, ever for Married at First Sight. No, that's like legally um, binding. Like, I don't yeah. know if people realize, like, like, when they break up, like, they have to file for divorce. Yes. It's not even, um, what do you like, call at it? At least Love it's... is Blind, the, it's an engagement. It's still serious, but, like, you have the big dramatic moment. Away. Like, you don't have to go to court. <laughs> yeah, and I think it lasts long enough, so you can't even, they can't even get an annulment. I think it's, oh. it's an actual divorce. <laughs> right. Oh yeah. And probably there's too much footage of the marriage. Like they, like you can't cite fraud. You signed up for this, which is what an annulment <laughs> is. Like this was a choice you made. Like there's no fraud involved. Like you put That's yourself true. on this show. Yeah. I don't think you could pay me enough money to go on another <laughs> dating show, but I would totally go on another reality show. Okay. If it was the challenge, like, if they tried to get you on the challenge, probably if it was yeah. about like competing, cause I'd love to compete in like games and stuff like competing or, um, yeah, they win money. They win money on the challenge. Yeah. I feel like I, I could do that. I think that'd be fun, but yeah. I'm sure there's more to it too. As far as like producers and editors, like it yeah. is still a TV show. Right. Um, they keep coming back. The challenge is a very good return rate on reality stars. So there has to be, it can't be that miserable because yeah. I mean, you make your money. Like you could get out. Like they, I know, you know, it's probably addicting and again, it becomes their career, but it can't be that horrible if there are that many people come back. I would assume. I don't know. I've never been, but <laughs> yeah, I don't know. I think there's probably more politics than we realize on the inside. Probably. Um, and that's why I probably couldn't do Big Brother either because that whole thing is about like mind games and tricking people. Like, no, count me out for that <laughs> no oh my god so interesting though like truly yeah. like a social experience and that's a show talk about casting we mentioned casting with the bachelor like 
I don't even know where they find these people at CBS. <laughs> and every year, I mean, it's like this new scandal. And I know they're being watched 24-7 and no one's perfect, but it's like things that people shouldn't be thinking, let alone saying out loud. And it just blows my mind that they are like on the show with literally Big Brother watching and just <laughs> blurt out these ridiculous things. And I'm like, oh my God, like get I a think- diary, write it down before you say it out loud. <laughs> I think you get too comfortable in it, like, because they're in there for way longer than you're in there yeah, for like bachelor shows. Days yeah, summer. so after a while, at some point, you kind of have to just forget about the cameras. Yeah. Just to, like, and I think people really forget and they just say crazy stuff. Yeah, which I think if you get a little bit on Paradise, too, not quite as much, obviously, but people maybe forget because you're being filmed 24-7 and I assume on The Bachelor, not so much. And yeah. it's a little less produced with the dates. Like, a lot of the things do seem to happen organically, like, go sit by the pool, you're right. going to end up in this fight versus like the date parts, the producer parts of paradise are usually the worst part. It's like, I don't need to watch you make some on a churro. Like yeah. I don't, that's like turn like a human into a churro. Like those are the things I want to fast forward. Like I like yeah. when they're just sitting there and someone, you know, walks in and they don't like the way that they just looked at the new person. And that's like the human experiment of it all, where it's like, you're isolated. And all the women I felt bad for when they were, you know, having breakdowns of the, the ladies coming down with their blowouts and their hair and they yeah. feel pretty. And I'm like, Oh, like that would hurt. Yeah, I think I noticed this season more than my season. They showed more of like the, like in the bedroom, like that kind of footage than they did on my season. Because even when like Kate was talking about like all the things she was saying about Logan, um, those rooms that they were being filmed in, like I don't remember them using a lot of footage from like us getting ready and stuff or like us just sitting in bed. So I think, I think they use those, those cameras a little bit more. (laughs) Yeah. Maybe they realize that's what people want to see. Like the dates are just so ridiculous on that show. The dates are, they, and they keep recycling them too. I'm like, we got to get new dates. No, like it's not fun. Um, anyway, Chelsea, I could talk to you forever clearly because we've covered a myriad, a myriad, I don't know if that's the right word of topics here, um, which I assume you will be doing on your podcast. So to circle back to everyone, when you release your episodes, where they can listen, what to expect and all that fun stuff. Yes. So vulnerable is is on Spotify. It's on Apple Music. I don't have its own Instagram, so like you could just find me at Chelsea Vaughn. And one Instagram is enough. <laughs> yes, please. And um, episodes come out every Monday, so I'm gonna have some more familiar faces on there soon. Some more Bachelor people, um, and just like more fun topics. So awesome. definitely follow along for Vulnerable. <laughs> well, thank you so much for taking the time. This was really fun. I hope you have a great weekend, Thanks, Sarah. You know how to book flights and hotels. All you're missing is a tool to plan the travel experiences you'll have once you arrive. That's why you need Viator. Book guided tours, excursions, and more in one place. There are over 300,000 travel experiences to choose from, so you can find something for everyone. And Viator offers free cancellation and 24-7 customer support for worry-free travel. Download the Viator app now and use code Viator10 for 10% off your first booking in the app. Find travel experiences for you. Do more with Viator.